What's going on, guys? It's Haley Ryan, and today on the episode, you get to hear James talk with Miss Candice Dominguez on Culture Shock. More specifically, what it's like to go from a small beach town where your race doesn't matter to a university in Sacramento where racial stereotypes are a common conversation. If you think you might relate and you want to hear Candace's point of view on it, don't go anywhere, you guys. This is a great episode. James talks with Candace on this issue and more on this episode of the Pregame Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Back again for the Winning Edge Game Changing Retreat Podcast interview. And today we have Candace. Candace, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, James. Doing well, doing well. Everything going well? Yep. Good, good. Glad to have you on the call today. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Now, Candace, you are a um, student athlete at Nebraska, correct? Yes, I am. Cool. So what event do you actually run in? I am a high jumper. High jumper? Yes. Cool, cool. I have a sister that's actually a high jumper at um East Carolina. Nice. Haven't yeah. seen met a meet before. Right, right. <laughs> How's the um season been going so far? It's going well. We just ended our indoor season. Didn't do big tens as well as I would have liked, but I did have mm-hmm. the best season of my life overall, as far as right. like an average. So that's nice since it's my last season. Right, right. Now, I see you got your start in track fairly late. I see here that you actually were introduced to track in high school, correct? Yeah. What was that experience like? Because just from reading from your bio, it seems that track actually had a pretty profound impact on your life. So if you could just tell us about that experience, how you were introduced to track and what that experience did for you. Yeah, it's actually kind of crazy. I was a competitive cheerleader from the age of five up until eighth grade Mm -hmm. when I was in high school I stopped doing competitive cheerleading and I just did high school cheer which not the same at all (laughs) so yeah so come second semester of high school my first year of high school second semester cheer wasn't offered it was only mostly just during football season and then that first part of basketball season that it was actually a class Since I was a freshman, I still had to be in PE or some sport. So I was like, oh, I heard everybody makes the track team. I wasn't trying to go swim laps in the PE class. So I went out for track. I knew that track was a thing. I Mm -hmm. cheered on the track during football season. I knew Mm -hmm. that there was something around the football field (laughs) for a reason. But before that, I was never really exposed to it. Mm -hmm. We were very much a basketball family growing up. Right. Uh, So I was just like, cool, everybody makes the track team. Let's let's go. And high jump itself, very similar story. I didn't want to run 200s that day. I'm pegging myself to be a lazy person, but I'm so glad I was lazy that day. (laughs) because my first year I ended up getting the freshman class record it was yeah it was awesome um I realized pretty quickly that track was a good sport for me I was good at it I Mm -hmm. liked the kind of people that were there because very different people on my teams from cheerleading to track when you say different do you mean as far as diversity in terms of ethnicity or personalities how do you what do you Diversity and personalities, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Ventura, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. 
lacks diversity. I, however, I never really noticed it growing up. Right. Very open, welcoming people. It's just there's not very many black people. Right. There was like two on my cheerleading squad of mm -hmm. 40 girls mm -hmm. between JV and varsity. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, on track, there were there was more diversity as far as uh, race, I should say. Right. But also... I'm not sure if all schools were this way. We had a lot of cheerleaders on our team who right. wore skirts because they wanted to wear skirts in front of guys. Mm -hmm. And I did it because I loved the sport. And you had right. more people who were passionate for the sport when it came to the track and field team. Now, let me ask you this. How did that experience, I guess, help you growing up in a high school in an area that lacked diversity? Because I could say the same thing, except for me, it was the opposite. I grew up in a high school and came up through a school system really my whole life from elementary school to high school where I was in school with predominantly African-Americans. And then from there, I went to an HBCU, um, North Carolina A&T. Right. So really, the better half, most of my life, I've always been a around African-Americans ingrained in that culture. That's me. And I'm proud of it. You know, I, I don't have any problem with that, but I just want to hear a little bit about how that experience was from you, because I, it's rare that I get to talk to people who came up in a, a different environment. Right. Well, it wasn't negative at all. Like mm -hmm. I said, it wasn't diverse, but it was never, I. it was also never a problem. I never right. really got racial slurs. Mm -hmm. I never had to experience any of that because Ventura is so laid back. Right. Uh, it's a little beach town in California. So you have your hippies and you have people who have been there forever. And my family had been there forever. Mm -hmm. So going through high school, it didn't really mean anything. It was just, oh, cool, Candace is black. When I got to college, my undergrad years in Sacramento, mm -hmm. I went out because I was on the track team there, got recruited, did track there. And I went out with some of the girls one night we were just like went out to an ice cream shop and we were having this conversation about light skins versus dark skins huh, i never ever heard that before wow and it was so i was just like what do you mean i'm like like i'm black right but and it made me feel so ignorant like i just didn't i had no idea what they were talking about and my friends were like right. what do you mean and i'm just like uh -huh. what do you mean what do i mean like i'm black you're black and they're like no no you're light-skinned like light skinned guys don't follow back on Instagram. And I'm like, how are you making these judgments? I, I wasn't angry. Mm -hmm. I was just defounded. Like, right. What is happening? <laughs> right. That's interesting because just for the context of that, there's been stories and research that the whole light skin and dark skin conversation really um, generated from slavery time period. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but during that time period, it was common for light skin African-Americans to be considered what's called the house slave and for dark skin African-Americans to be in the field. And so through that, there sort of became some type of, um, I don't want to say jealousy, but it was a culture of, I would say, conflict that came right. upon, you know, that whole discrepancy of, oh, well, he's or she is in the house. They have an easier job than me and I'm out here in the field. But I think we have to um, continuously look past that and look at each other as um, a whole. We're all running the same the same race, facing the same issues, whether we're light-skinned or dark-skinned. At the end of the day, we're still minorities in, in America. Of course, I agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah. But, but that first but, time when they had said something about a light-skinned guy, I was just like, what? Right, yeah. No, nah, I understand. So through that, here you are on the high school track team. Like you said, you set yep. records. Through that, you earn a track scholarship 
to um, Sacramento, Sac State, Sac State. And I see here where you actually became Big Sky Champion Why Sac State. Yep. Then you also were the 2019 Simmons Harvey Big Ten Invitational High Jump Champion. And you were also the 2019 Mark Colligan Memorial High Jump Champion, correct? Yes. So it's, it, it seems here that you've developed a champion mindset. You have what it takes to become a champion. But it's also interesting that you did all of this through growing up in a situation where, like you said, where I was reading here, where you say um, you grew up in a single parent family household and your, your mother wasn't always able to be there to support you at different events. So what really drove you, I guess, to to press forward and become this champion eventually? I think it all goes back to my education and academic side as well. Mm -hmm. um, so really big family. I grew up with my mother's side, so that's the Dominguez side. Like I said, huge family. I think kind of just knowing that, because in high school, I was in Adelaide. So hold on, hold on, Candace. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. But no, you're good. So here you are as a minority young lady, the first to graduate from high school in your family. And through that, you persevere and become the Big Ten Invitational champion in the high jump. That's phenomenal. Thank you. And a scholar <laughs> athlete. That's phenomenal. It all kind of started there. My mom, of course, always very proud of me, shares right. all of my successes with everybody on Facebook. And I get <laughs> phone calls and text messages from people I don't even know, like, hey, your mom told me about this. And I'm just like, cool, who are you? Right. <laughs> um, so it's great. I still have that support, but I really do think it was rooted in that academic side, knowing, okay, I'm the first one to do this. Mm -hmm. I can't stop now. Like my little yeah, cousins uh, are seeing that I'm in college. Right. One day they're going to want to go to college too. I graduated right. early. One day they're going to graduate early too. Right. So just keeping going. And my yeah. family is a huge part of that. Right. And I'm glad you said that because for me, I know as an African-American in my family and in the community that I grew up in, it wasn't enough just to be doing what you were doing for you. And by saying that, I mean, we I always had a chip on my shoulder that I have four other siblings. Well, I have yeah. three other siblings behind me looking up to me. I have young men, young women in the community looking up to me. I have to do this to set the example that as a minority in this country, you can make it. You can aspire to go to college and you can be successful in college. So I, I think as minorities as a whole, we have a responsibility that when we reach these um, pinnacles that we have to reach back and also uplift each other. But I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. It's a quote that you mentioned that you said, I honestly do not believe I would be the same person I am today and hold the same level of my education without track in my life. Did track really keep you on the straight and narrow? What, what did the sport itself do for you? How did it prepare you for obstacles and things that you face in life? Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, again, mm -hmm. Ventura High School, Corey Anderson was the head coach, still the right. head coach there. He talked a lot. <laughs> Love the man. <laughs> talked a lot. Right. But talked a lot about relevant things. Taught mm -hmm. us how to be well-rounded humans, not just athletes. Kept a, right. Ran a very disciplined program. Uh, <laughs> I remember one practice. Every practice, we did our warm-up together. The whole mm -hmm. team, 250 athletes, we ran three laps together and did our whole warm-up together. Right. And we're about two laps done, and then some people showed up late to practice. Mm -hmm. And Coach Anderson, oh, the rest of your team's here. Better start over. So little things like that 
if you ever cursed at practice, it was 10 push-ups for every letter of the word that you said. And in the time, of course, I didn't curse very much. Right. If ever. I don't think I ever got in trouble for that. Um, At the time, it just seemed like, oh my gosh, he's so mean. He's so strict. But looking back at it, he's doing things that were teaching us how to be good people outside of the track. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he taught us to be very disciplined. Don't show up late. If you show up late, don't come at all. If we so every year, I'm not sure how familiar you are with California, like advancements and yeah, high school this stuff yeah, is really not. weird. So okay. in order to get to the state meet, there's four different qualifying meets along mm-hmm. the way. So each one of those meets, we would have a dinner hosted by somebody on the team, their parents. And he taught us every time you go to those dinners, make sure you bring something. Don't show up somewhere empty handed. Mm -hmm. So just little things along the way. And by the time I graduated, I just knew all these things for life that I wouldn't have known outside of track because of him. But also with having to keep my grades up because of academic student athlete side of it. So that helped me along the way in high school. Not that I was a bad student anyway, but knowing that I had to be good at both. I could never really slack off. And that can commute into college, just especially with NCAA, all the rules. Mm-hmm. But more so in college, as an athlete on the track team, you get a lot more help, too. If I ever needed help in a class, I got free tutoring services. If I ever needed to register for a class that had only a handful of spots, I knew I would get it with my priority registration because I'm a student athlete. So. It kind of kept me on the right path, absolutely. not even giving me an option to go off that path. So I see here that you actually want that you're actually aspiring to pursue a career in player development. Yeah. Did did that experience with your coach? Because essentially what he was doing was player development. He was right. not only developing you as an athlete, but developing you, like you said, holistically. Right. So is is do you did that experience sort of inspire you to go into player development? I think part of it, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, more so actually when I got here to Nebraska, the life skills department is incredible. Kind of just making sure that we're not just our sport, we are whole people. Right. The experience is a little different for me as a grad student, but I think seeing that so I want to be a sports agent, so player development and sports representation. Okay. Um But as an agent, I don't want to be one of those guys, or girls, I should say, who has 15 athletes and doesn't really care about them as a person. I'd rather keep less athletes and make sure they're good in all aspects of their life. And I think it'll be a little easier for me to relate to some athletes because I am a young minority woman. I'm not an old white man who they're just going Mm. to for money. Mm, Right. So... A little bit of that high school experience with Coach Anderson, a little bit of my experience as a student athlete, and a little bit of life skills, seeing what they do here for Nebraska mm-hmm. student athletes has kind of made that decision for me. <laughs> gotcha. That's that's good. Now, yesterday I read an article through the uh, newspaper article called The Atlantic. And one of the things that they were focusing on in that article is the theory of uh, meritocracy, which is a theory that essentially through hard work and dedication, you can achieve the American dream. But for some of us and specifically minorities, we know that as hard as we work and as dedicated as we might be, 
being an African-American or minority in this country, it takes more. We have to go the extra mile. It, It just hard work and dedication just won't get it done. Don't get me wrong. We need that. But for us, we have to know you know, people, people have to reach back and uplift us. We can't get to the points we want to get just by hard work right. and dedication. And I see here where you mentioned as a minority woman, I understand this field would be tough to break into. My question to you then is how hungry are and passionate are you really to obtain this career in player development and as a player agent? And also, once you reach, because I'm, I'm claiming it now, you're going to reach that. Once you reach that um, field, what will you be doing to ensure that other minorities and African-Americans can achieve the same dream that you did? Yeah, I will do it. I'll just start with that. I will do <laughs> I <like> it that. <laughs> because it's in my, I don't want to say my personality, but it's in my character. It, if I want it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think they have that. Right. But don't do any work behind it. It's like, oh, yeah, I really want it, but I don't want to get straight A's in classes because I want to go out and party on the weekend. Right. Um. So even as a minority, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder for me. Yeah, like you just said, minorities, we have to go do that extra mile, hard work and dedication, and then some more hard work and some more dedication. Absolutely. But I think the more of us, I'll say, as a whole, do that, the not easier it will be in the future but the more determined Mm -hmm. generations after us will be to see oh they did it like i can do it too pay it forward yeah so like i mentioned before too like my little brother's looking up at me thinking Mm -hmm. oh wow my candace my candace my sister candace (laughs) is so cool like she goes to nebraska he wears my hoodies and stuff i want him to know that in the future he can do whatever he wants to Absolutely. It's interesting you said that because currently I'm teaching fifth grade at an elementary school. I was just accepted to start my PhD um, in sociology, actually, at University of Central Florida. For the time being, I'm teaching fifth grade. And I had a young man in my class who, before I got there, had really given up on the year. Um, Teachers had told him that he was stupid and he had really lost belief in self and I remember one day I just pulled him aside and I said you can do it you can make it we're just going to have to work a little bit harder you're going to have to put forth a little bit more effort stay focused a little bit more and one evening while the buses were being called that young man was on the computer and he looked over to me he said Mr. Whitaker when I make it to college are you going to come see me play and that just it did something to me it was like wow just the other day he had given up on fifth grade and now he's asking mr whitaker will you come see me play in college so i think as future game changers we have an obligation like you said to reach back and keep in mind those that are looking up to us and so with that being said what are you looking for the winning edge game changer retreat to do for you and what will you be bringing to the game changer retreat in june I am really looking forward to the networking opportunities, mm-hmm. not even just with the mentors and what they can do for us, because it will be a lot, but right. with the other game changers, knowing that I'm going to be with 15 other people with very similar aspirations in a very similar position as a minority, as a woman in sports, 
it's hard. It's not going to be easy. I think that motivation that each of us can share will go a long way. Uh Uh, Even just to connect with them six months from now, like, hey, I'm thinking about applying for this job and then be like, heck yeah, you can do it. So even to get something little like that out of it is going to be huge for me to give that to them. Also going to be a bonus, like the paying it forward, like you mentioned. Also, yeah, a lot of people have finished their degrees. I'm coming in as a graduate also, but I'll also be graduated from my master's program as well, kind of giving a different perspective because my master's program is specific to intercollegiate athletic administration. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see all of the conversations we can have, especially since that book list for us to all read at least right, one of. Right. I already yeah. own half of those books. I've already read oh. half of them. It's going to be Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be an awesome experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Candice, that's all I have on my end. It's truly been a pleasure speaking with you this evening. I truly look forward to meeting you in June at the Winning Edge Game Changer Retreat. Thanks, James. Looking forward to it. No problem. See you soon. Take care. See ya. hope you left that episode feeling inspired to hashtag game change make sure to follow our instagram and twitter handles at the we leadership find us on linkedin and facebook or check out our website winningedgeleadership.org and you can always search hashtag we game change on any social media platform and we should pop right up all right stay tuned for our next episode coming up in a few